Thank you for downloading the Inspire Me Lecture podcast, brought to you by the University of the West of England. In this podcast, we are joined by Dr. Ida Abjaparova, Associate Head of Department for Student Experience in the Department of Geography and Environmental Management at UE Bristol. Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to today's Inspire Me Lecture. I'm Melissa Willis, Head of Student Communications here at UWE. Our speaker today is Dr. Aida Abjaparova. She's an assist, Associate Head for Student Experience in the Department of Geography and Environmental Management in the Faculty of Environment and Technology. After completing her undergraduate degree at UE Bristol, Aida embarked on and successfully achieved a PhD in Political Science at the University of Bristol. Aida joined UE Bristol in September 2009 as an Associate Lecturer in International Relations and has worked her way through the ranks to achieve a position of Associate Head of Department. Aida's talk is a personal account of how the collapse of the Soviet Union affected her life's achievements and how she's used her skills in diplomacy to propel her career as a senior educationalist. We'll have some time for questions at the end and we'll be recording this lecture and it'll be available in our speaker library. I'm delighted to pass over to Aida. Thank you, Alisa. Thank you everyone for joining the talk today. So let's take the first question head on. Why is diplomat talking here? Well, the answer is I'm not a diplomat, but for many years it was my ambition. And it started when I was 11 years old. And we woke up to discover that my mother's treasured rubles had been wiped out overnight. It was the year or the time that the Soviet Union collapsed. Moments define us. My name is Aida and I'm Associate Head of Department for Student Experience. And today I want to share with you the moments that have defined my journey. And of course, at the moment, we are all living in the middle of a rather large moment. The global pandemic. In this moment, of course, there is a considerable pain and suffering. But we are also, as collective, thinking how our ambitions, aspirations and plans are being challenged and redefined. You may be thinking of various negative ways, the losses that this might have caused you. However, today I want to give you a different way. And that is of focusing on achievements, which can be a kinder and more practical way. In short, one of the things I will be saying today, that is sometimes, Looking back is a powerful tool to drive us forward. In taking this view, um, there are seven actions I feel have real value in helping to achieve this specific mindset. There you go. <laughs> right, so back to 1991. One evening, um, my mother was counting her money, her treasured rubles. Confident and happy that she had been saving enough to set us up with um, a good education and positive future. Now, my future was defined by my mom and by my family, who wanted me to become a good, hardworking Soviet citizen. One day, and I vividly remember it, seeing my mom extremely upset. Not only did she lose um, a lot of money, but collectively at that specific moment, um, our dreams have become shattered. We questioned and we despaired um, at what lay ahead. And for me personally, it also introduced significant amount of uncertainties and anxieties. Because before that point, 
My world, the Soviet world, seemed far more certain place. And I was blessed by strong family network and my school teachers who had always provided me with a clear and consistent voices about the future. Now with the breakdown of the Soviet Union, the clarity of these voices dispersed. The collapse of the Iron Curtain has sent shockwaves in the former Soviet space. And there was a young girl in the middle of it all. And at that specific moment, I experienced a strong sense of injustice because I felt sorry for my mom. And that strong sense of injustice ignited the fire in me to start searching for ways in which I could make a positive contribution to my family. Now, I was desperate to learn and understand what was going on around me. Everyone had a view. And even as 11 year old, um, I was committed to seek different perspectives to really try to understand a bigger picture that was existing at that specific time. And to be honest, I had this insatiable um, interest in what my newly independent country, Kazakhstan, would be. And with time, and I'll say as a result of Nevada Semipalatinsk anti-nuclear movement, I decided that I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to be part of a peaceful state building, take part in um, establishing relations with other countries. And you know what? It kick-started uh, my passion for politics and international relations. And this is still with me today. And I remember at that specific time, I took a very serious interest and started to learn English. You know why? Because my teachers at that time told me that English, it was the language of democracy. However, in order to practice diplomacy, I realized that I needed to study. It was essential. And therefore, I decided to campaign to go to the UK and study politics in British University. Now, my first action for you to those who are listening, never forget the people and events that inspire you. They inspire the events that inspire you to take you on a specific journey that you are on. And it might sound quite simplistic, but make sure you recognize those who have supported you and carry this with you so that you can support others. Now, so I arrived in the UK and at that moment I was confident young lady, really prepared, ready to take on the world. I was excited to meet new people and embrace my learning. And um, I must admit that my learning here in the UK was more than just academic. This is where my personal and professional development also started. And I was extremely confident in my use of English language until I attended my first lecture here at the University West of England. And so, yes, my university was UWE, just like yours. At that time, Britain celebrated multiculturalism, and it was the country that embraced its place as an international multicultural player. And at that moment, I still wanted to become a diplomat, and um, I was extremely excited to embark on my degree of international relations and politics. However, let me tell you about that first lecture. So, the first lecture will never be forgotten. It was then that I realized um, how much there was to learn. Well, firstly, I couldn't understand my lecturer, even though I've tried and my English was great. Secondly, I all of a sudden seen a huge reading list. 
thirdly, I have no clue whatsoever how to write an academic essay. And fourthly, it soon became clear I was the only one from Kazakhstan in 2B20. Now, if you're wondering what is 2B20, well, it is a massive lecture theatre with capacity of more than 200 students. And again, it was a disorientating moment. But as with the first one, I was driven by my curiosity. So my second action for you, please be curious. You are all at the right place at the university at the right moment. Keep your mind open and be aware what's going on around you, what's going on further away and in the rest of the world. Now, while studying for my undergraduate degree, my focus was extremely specific. I wanted to do politics, okay? However, there will always be a lecturer that inspires you, encourages you, and importantly, challenges you to think critically. And in my current role, um, I'm still surrounded by a variety of inspiring lecturers. And I know many of you watching this will also fit this description. Now, as an undergraduate student, I was um, very fortunate. I had two inspirational and brilliant speak, uh, lecturers. And um, my focus was broadened and my academic skills developed. And um, most of all, these lecturers, they made me feel welcome. And they were genuinely interested in not only my own ambitions, but also what I could contribute to the learning experiences of other students as an international student. And suddenly, rather than wanting to be a diplomat, yeah, I wanted so much more. I wanted to look at far greater perspective. I wanted to be on the outside looking broadly, just like this photograph of our wonderful friendship compass, rather than on the inside dealing with the specifics. Now, I was still entranced by international relations as a subject, but now I wanted to write about it and study it even deeper. So my third action for you is to be proactive and immerse yourselves within the significant um, and wide range of support and resources that only universities can provide you with. Rather than being disorientated at that specific moment and dismissive of huge body of resources, at that time, what I quickly realized and I started appreciating is, this, is the fact that the huge value that this university undergraduate experience could offer. And indeed, it most certainly did. This contributed, my undergraduate experiences contributed to the next journey to become a postgraduate student at the University of Bristol. And at times, um, to be honest, I was never convinced uh, that postgraduate study was something that I could or wanted to do. But my final year tutor had a very different view and inspired me to take my studies forward. Now, postgraduate study, um, I would say, was a big step. And again, I was slightly out of my comfort zone and had to recreate and um, find new support network and to rediscover my aims and my abilities. And um, the experience was a tough one and it had a few challenges. 
Um, but I must emphasize that my achievement at UA and the contacts that I've made during my time at the university really did help me to stay on track, right? So to and to keep my focus. Now, upon completion of my master's degree, again, I was inspired by my lecturers at the University of Bristol uh, to move on to a PhD. Um, and with this came an opportunity that I never entertained. And um, that was an opportunity to become a um, teaching assistant. And this is where the passion for uh, student development and student learning and their experiences really started and grew. So um, uh, I would say whilst uh, I did find it rather daunting at first, I knew exactly um, what I wanted to become while being teaching assistant and the type of person I wanted to be. And yes, I hope you guessed it. I wanted to be one of those inspirational lecturers that inspired me. So my fourth action for all of you is to grow into your values and shape yourself and where you want to be. Now, how do you do it? Well, carefully observe those who surround you and draw out exactly how they are inspirational. Build yourself around these special attributes and embrace every opportunity because you don't know where it might take you. And in my case, it took me back to UA Bristol. I returned to UA as an associate lecturer. And I must say, it was a truly unforgettable moment. It was a moment that defined me. And it was the moment that made me realize that I have gone from an ambition of wanting a diplomat to the achievement of being a lecturer and an educator. Now, on your left hand side of this slide, you will see a corridor. And um, returning to UWE has involved walking down that corridor. We call it, it used to be 3E corridor. And when we were students, we refer to this corridor as politics corridor. And that was because all our lecturers were sitting in that corridor. And my former students and I, we've titled, we've retitled that corridor and we called it the corridor of power. Now it was incredible, yet absolutely daunting uh, to become a colleague of those who used to teach me. And yet again, I was um, slightly out of my comfort zone. However, I was equipped. I was equipped with strong academic knowledge, teaching training, and greater resilience to take on a new challenge. So the fifth action uh, for you is to value your accumulated experience, skills, and knowledge, and importantly, have belief in your own abilities, because it will help you. It will help you in those moments, which I'm just going to tell you about. And yes, it is the moment when you walk into the lecture theatre to deliver your first lecture, okay? So, um, your first proper lecture. Um, and um, before that proper lecture, remember, I had an ambition to inspire students. I was ready. I was ready. I um, got my PowerPoints. My PowerPoints were made. My lecture notes were crafted, right? So written to the detail. And I felt confident. And I was looking forward to teach. 
as I walked in, turned everything up, stood behind the uh, um, podium, and I looked at the audience and they froze. I couldn't find the words and I couldn't put my carefully designed plans into action. I looked down and I thought, oh, blip. What do I do? So I raised my eyes and I looked at the audience again. And there they were, my students ready to learn. And I went into the lecture theatre with ambition to inspire. But ultimately, my students inspired me. Now, there will be moments in your life when all your skills, knowledge, previous experience, training might leave you for just one second or just for one splitting second. But it will come back because you lived it and it is now part of your DNA. Every challenge that you have been through becomes part of you and it will hold you, give you an attitude to take on another one and achieve again. And you know what? I love working with my students. I hope I make a difference to their lives and I take pride in their achievements. Now, recently I was going through the LinkedIn profiles of my former students, seeing what they have achieved. And again, interestingly, I know what their ambitions were and the achievements are far greater. I soon began to recognize as I was developing as a senior lecturer and then the program leader of politics and international relations, I soon began to recognize that inspiration comes not only from lectures and delivering, facilitating, running seminars, but also from the whole variety of ways, from supporting your students in the initiatives in running the first model United Nations at the University West of England, Bristol, to co-creating and delivering award-winning coaching program for schools with a wonderful name that my own very students have come up with. It was Spark. And yes, it was Spark. Okay. To taking students, quite often dragging them actually, to the academic conferences, but also supporting the student societies and the debates, getting them ready for the professional world. But most importantly, is working together on creating a community that is supportive, enriching and nourishing. And I watched my students grow and they watched me grow. And they watched my family grow. And you know what, I'm, I'm not sure whether it was a source of amusement or a source of inspiration when um, they watched me enthusiastically uh, delivering my teaching while seven months pregnant with my child. So um, now rather than being a diplomat and affecting perhaps one or two outcomes, I'm working with enthusiastic, talented, um, intelligent students who will become a whole host of powerful and impressive individuals. I call them world shapers and world formers. And indeed, some of them have achieved that goal. So therefore, my sixth action for you is to give yourself a shot to recognize the various competing demands in which you are operating within and be proud. Be proud of what you subsequently achieve. Now today, as you already know, I'm Associate Head of Department for Student Experience um, in the Department of Geography and Environmental Management in the Faculty of Technology and Environment. Um, and I'm sure you all have noticed um, a drastic shift, shift in disciplines. Um, I always see experience of 
geography students, urban planning, geology, environmental management and civil engineering students. And um, yes, I've had moments um, that have completely been outside of my comfort zone, completely. And I have gone from PhD um, in politics, senior lecturer in international relations, program leader in politics and international relations, in other words, from one specific area into another area that is distinctly different, however, very compatible. In other words, geography, environment, uh, building environment, the human environment cannot exist without the political environment. Hence, I can't say I, I was comfortable, no, I wasn't, and I had to learn quite a lot. So some of you might ask, so what do you do when you are out of the comfort zone, right? When you really stretch yourself. Um, and for me, it is really learning, right? So yes, I hit the books, yeah? I wanted to know about uh, what do civil engineers do, yeah? So I knew they probably build bridges, but there must be more to that. I had to find out what planners are up to. I need to understand the beauty and um, curiosities of geographers. Um, I had to tutor environmental resource management students, right? So, and I had to learn, I had to question, and as well, I did challenge. Just what I did when I was 11 years old and the Soviet Union collapsed. In other words, I immersed myself in areas um, that were completely different, uh, both in terms of discipline, but also pedagogy. And this, of course, involved uh, working um, and ensuring that I embark, you will see on the left hand side, I embark on a field trips. I had to understand what that means to go on a field trip. So, um, yes, I put my walking boots, no, actually bought new walking boots. I never had walking boots, so I had to get one. Um, put, uh, put on my new walking boots. I had to put on my backpack. Again, that backpack is um, was new at that time. So, um, and, and go on an adventure, on an adventure of a lifetime with my students and with my current colleagues. Okay, so on a daily basis, I want to say that I practice diplomacy. And that is communicating with intent, communicating meaningfully, um, constantly trying to understand different perspectives, balancing those perspectives, uh, providing support, and importantly, coming up with creative solutions to ensure that our students have the best experience possible while they are with us. Now, I could have looked back and said, I didn't become a diplomat. I never reached my ambition. And being a diplomat is not on my job title. Um, but as I've just indicated, I practice skills of diplomacy and I have the diplomatic mind and perspective every day. And I'm exceptionally proud to be an educator to who endeavors to make difference to students' lives. And in conclusion, I want to emphasize that I moved away from focusing on ambition into recognizing and celebrating not just my own achievements, but achievements of my students and my colleagues. Thank you for listening. Wow, that was absolutely amazing. Um, thank you so much for that talk. I mean, the takeaways for me about being curious and being proactive and giving yourself a shot, those resonate with, with all of us listening and all of us taking part. Um, I guess what we'll do next, if it's all right with you, is we'll move on yeah. to the questions. And when, yeah. the, um, when the, question, the first question I wanted to ask you was, um, what were the biggest challenges you faced as an international student? Um, 
I think I think the 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 first challenge is, as I've mentioned in my talk, um, you 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 think you, you think you know English because before arriving to the university, you will go through the training. Okay, you will learn English, and um, as I've mentioned, um, my first lecture that I still cannot, I still remember. You walk in, you sit there, and you don't understand. You just don't follow. So, um, and I think it's just learning uh, to um, think in English was challenging, and learning how to write in English at, for academic purposes was extremely challenging, and um, and also settling in. I think because I've already had that sort of multi-perspective. I kind of understood that at that point, Britain was, and I still do hope, multicultural. So um, it's getting out of your comfort zone, modesty and shyness and reaching out to other students. So I think these are the three things that I found really challenging as an international student. It's um, learning and uh, learning how to think in English, um, learning the new academic skills, but just to all the students, international students who are listening to me right now, remember, um, these are the kind of skills that are learnable. And if I could do it, you will do it as well. And um, connecting with people, it's like getting out of your shyness and modesty and just connecting with um, other cultures, um, other students from various backgrounds. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, we have a question from uh, viewer Devante Charles, uh, and he's asking about when coming across potentially life defining moments in either your life or your career, what's your general thought processes uh, and how do you approach it? Thank you, Devante. Um, that's actually one of my former students in the audience there. Thank you. Um, very, very interesting question. And um, in terms of the um, thought processes, I guess, I guess it to be honest, I'm, I'm really struggling to answer this question. It's really deep questions. You see, Alice, I taught them how to ask um, <laughs> deep, difficult questions. Um, I think in terms of the thought process, it, it, it does come with experience. Sometimes you know what works for you. It does come with experience. You start learning what works for you. And it is that thing that I've mentioned in my talk. Um, it's drawing on your existing experiences when you see challenges or you face challenges. Remember I said when I just walked into that first lecture, I, I just it's just that moment you forget things. Um, no matter how prepared you are, be it for your lecture or be it for another different event or um, different situation in your life, there will be moments when you when you will feel lost just for a tiny little bit. And it is in that moment that you just need to remember your experiences and um, your skills, your training, your knowledge, because this tends to hold you, as I said, your experiences, it becomes part of you. So when you have challenges and you overcome them, and you achieve things, it becomes part of you. And these things will hold you, um, let you to take on another challenge and um, achieve again. Oh, thank you so much. You can, uh, you can shout at Devante later for uh, asking you a difficult question. Um, one of the other questions that's come up, this is a little bit tied to that. It's, um, you know, we've, we've all had an interesting year uh, and, but what was one of your achievements from the past year and what were the challenges? Oh gosh, the past year has been extremely challenging, <laughs> isn't it? Thank you for thank you for this question. And I think I haven't yet had time um, to reflect on past year. So um, I, um, I think it's important to have space, the thinking space to re reflect, uh, to reflect, but when you are in the situation when you are juggling um, your role, plus um, I contribute to teaching, plus uh, teaching and then homeschooling, you you kind of kind of don't have 
you don't have space to think. Um, I, th I, I, I think I really do not know how to answer this question. I'm, I'm sorry, but um, the most challenging over the past year, I think, I think it's the juggling act. It's this um, insane juggling act where you just have to juggle home and university and looking after your students, but also looking after your home life and um, and supporting not just yourself. And I have already emphasized supporting the community that the the colleagues and the students that you work with. And I must say that we are incredibly lucky. Um, we um, had a very supportive faculty, um, and but also I work with an incredibly supportive individuals. So our program teams, they look after each other, they support each other. So I think the key challenge was the um, and this is really just me thinking, <laughs> trying to remember is the juggling act but also staying grounded and focusing and looking after others um, as well as helping others to look after themselves. So that was, I'd say that was a challenge, but also it was a reward. And I think we have had small achievements that we have celebrated together as a team, but also together as community of learners. Oh, that's that's great. I, I can I can definitely. Uh, it's been a very interesting year, hasn't it? For sure. One of the questions that's come in, which is kind of interesting, is um why you chose to come to UE Bristol in the first place. Oh gosh, um I think it's it's about the um well for, for, I would say again it's the advice of the teachers. So you get uh, teachers play an important role in your development. And um, UWE was advised and recommended by my school teachers. And um, to be honest, at that time, um, and we're going way back to 1999, if I compare between where we are now as an institution and where we were, I think the university has achieved tremendously. It developed tremendously. And I think the kind of support and education, but also that our students get today is incredible. It's it's just amazing. So just to answer some of this, uh, the, the question, why you we? Thank you. That is a good question because my teachers told me so. <laughs> That's a very good, good people to listen to, especially if they're so inspiring for you as well. Um, that, you know, also answers another one of the questions that's come up, which is who's your biggest inspiration? So would you would you say yes, your teachers and the people who pushed you? I, th I think so. And uh, we tend to um, quite often when this question comes uh, comes across and I do listen to a lot of TED talks and um, various politicians. I mean, I left the discipline, but you can't get the politics out of the girl. You know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in there. And uh, they do provide you with various um, individuals. We call them heroes, be, be they of our, of our times or of other times. So I can, I can think of, you know, Mahatma Gandhi and so big names. For me, it wasn't really like massive, well-known. Uh, political figures, so to speak. Um, for me, it were people who, um, my everyday people. So while I was at the undergraduate, were my lecturers and um, my group of friends. Um, at, at when when I came back as a lecturer, I would say that again, it's my students. My students were inspiring me <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, things that would come up with and the things that would challenge me with. So um, again, and at the moment, it's the people who mentor you um, as a um, um, as part of the executive team. Um, I do have a mentor and, uh, who helped me as well, too. So that's an inspiration for me. And um, 
Yeah, I I do see I do take inspiration from those with whom I build the relationships, and that is why in my talk I do encourage students to seek inspiration from those who are around you, observe them, learn from them. It will be very helpful. That's very good very advice. Good. <laughs> um, so you've been teaching throughout the pandemic. Uh, so what advice would you give to students who are struggling to stay motivated while studying during this time? Have you learned any tricks from watching your students uh, the last few months? That's a really good question. And I think the working online um, or studying online, um, it's it's it, it is challenging. And um, with um, in conversations with my current students. Uh, motivation is one of the um, aspects that um, is, um, is a challenge for quite a few individuals and for students. And um, I can really just share my own advice in terms of how do you stay motivated um, when, um, uh, well, first of all, you try to manage your time. So we get back to basics. You try to manage your time. You ensure that, yes, students listen to me. You ensure that <laughs> you attend all the classes, be they online or offline. Um, you connect. You connect with um, your course mates, but also you connect with your lecturers because we are here, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of the entire university and um, the entire academic and professional teams. We are here to support our students, and we will, not, we will never say no. And I think what is the highlight of our university as, is that all our lecturers are approachable, extremely friendly, and we will help out, and we will signpost. So uh, for students to stay motivated, talk to us. Right? So, uh, talk to us. Um, another thing in terms of motivation while studying online is thinking about your next step. Where do you want to be next? And remember I said in my talk that when I when the Soviet Union collapsed, I was just there and thinking gosh, we, we all went through quite a uh, challenging moment where all our plans, all our ambitions, um, they were put under question. So we needed to think about, well, where next? Similarly, at the moment we are in, um, in, in we are in a large moment. We're in a pandemic, a global pandemic. So, and remember what I said, everyone, that at that specific time, I started thinking, I started opening, I started asking questions, looking around, finding different perspectives. And I think at the moment we have a really good um, space to consider where we're next. And for students thinking about what would be your next step. And I would advise make it a small step, right? So the step that you can achieve and that will keep you motivated. See what you want to achieve in the next and I'm not saying in the next year, I'm saying in the next couple of weeks. Identify how you want to get there. Speak to your lecturers, speak to your peers, speak to your academic personal tutors and um, see how you can identify two manageable ways in which you can achieve that goal that you set yourself to achieve in two weeks time. So small steps. That's great. Um, and to, that leads me on nicely to a question that a few people have, uh, are wanting, which is uh, what advice do you have for a master's student having challenges with choosing a FET dissertation topic? <laughs> That's a really good question. That's really, really good question. And um, is it coming from? Hang on, let me take a look at this question. Where, where is it? Um, I think it's I Leo. All right. So what advice do you have for a MSc student having challenges with choosing a fair dissertation topic? Thanks. Well, first of all, choose something that you have interest in because you'd have to spend a lot of time on your project, right? So what you do not want to do is to choose something that might be fashionable, might be topical, 
that has no relevance to you, right? So personalize it. Um, also, um, I'm not sure it would be very useful you to know how long have are you a new student or have you have you already studied with us? Um, if you're a new student, I would I would advise to um, uh, give yourself a little bit time and um, attend a few sessions. Have a look at your module blackboard pages. Identify various topics that really catch your eye. And if you are an international student, make sure you relate yourself to the topic that you want to do. So just to give you an example, my master's dissertation focused on foreign policy of Kazakhstan. So again, I've, I've, I've written something, I was working something that I'm really passionate about, and that was foreign policy and Kazakhstan. Right? Uh, for my PhD, I have decided to focus on Kazakhstan and its relationship with the big neighbor, yeah, Russia, the, 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 the uh, Russia and with a focus on security. So, um, and remember in my talk, I mentioned that when I was um, very little, so about 11 years old, uh, there was a big movement, the movement, Nivadisimipalatinsk anti-nuclear movement. It was on the, on the or it was growing and, and it was getting popular. And um, I, was, I was completely taken by this. And I'm not sure whether it had any impact, but one of my chapters in my PhD is on nuclear weapon technology and how Kazakhstan got rid of it. So again, just to answer your question, A, um, have a look what kind of expertise is there instead. And uh, in terms of our faculty, we have a wide range of expertise to make sure it is relatable, make sure you are interested. If you're an international student, take a look what is happening in your own country. Do you want to connect the two? And um, importantly, if you're a new student, do explore other uh, various modules in the first instance and just get a little bit more of a, um, and do a little bit more of reading. And then that might really help. I do think I'll say reading, be reading. Thank you. Oh, uh, that should help people find their way a bit, bit clearer for sure. Um, there's a couple of questions in here. I want to kind of pull them together, which is there was one about helping somebody who's shy and finds it difficult to connect with people. And was yeah. there any step you took most, especially as an international student, but also along the same lines? Um, how uh, what if somebody's not uh, very social and they're anxious to approach a professor for answering questions? Um, so that's uh, just if you could give a little bit of advice. Thank you, Alisa. And these two questions, they really speak to me. And again, when I used to be a student, um, at the beginning at least, I was super shy, super shy. And I, I can't say that I'm an extra, I've never been an extrovert. I've always been an introvert. In other words, shy, modest, quiet. Um, and and it's 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 hard to get out of that frame of mind. I think um, I think the key advice, especially to and I, I can I can completely appreciate this question because I've been there before as an international student. First of all, how do you connect with somebody sort of on a social level? Well, you are at the university, and remember what I said in my talk. University provides you, and this is only university that will provide you with, with a wide range of support and resources. Now, there is something called Global Centre. I hope that um, you've heard about this already, and I'm just addressing the students there. And Global Centre, behind Global Centre, there is a team of, I think, five wonderful ladies, right? They really care about international students. And what they do, they run global cafes. Okay. Um, you can join the global cafes, and it's a friendly um, space uh, where we can you can exchange cultures. And to be honest, when I was a student, I don't think we had something like this. So I think our students today, as I reiterate, um, they have quite a lot at their disposal. Take advantage of it, use it, right? So 
And also for the, um, and again, I just want to refer back to the Global Centre, um, the, the Global Cafes, they take place. Yes, I'm a whole student experience. I, I know that. I remember those things. Um, they take place on, I believe, on Thursdays. 2.30 or 3.30, but do please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, check them out. They will help you to reach out to other students. And again, it's a small step that you can make. Small step to start sort of growing your confidence, um, connecting with um, other students. Now, the next question, how do I reach out to the professor? Right, so... And, uh, Thank you for formulating that question, Alyssa. And um, as an international student, and I remember that myself, um, I used to call my lecturer as a sir, right? So, or a doctor or a professor. And they did fail um, unreachable somewhere there, right? So, and you, you, as an international student, you kind of try to ask questions. And I think it is important to ask a question and there are techniques that you can use and there's there's a massive advantage to um, having your sessions online your teaching sessions online because you can put your question into the chat box okay so you can put your question into the chat box and that's one of the ways in which you can ask the questions another way is try to introduce yourself who you are, what you do, where you're from. And trust me, um, academics in our university are approachable. They will be very interested to know that not just to get to know you, but also support you in your learning. And as I said in my talk, to help you to contribute um, to the learning experiences of other students, because I strongly believe that international students coming down here, they bring with them a wealth of experience. You are already making that step. You are already um, courageous. You're already resilient. And remember what I said in my talk, please reflect on things that you have already. Yeah, recognize them, celebrate them because they're your achievements. And I think that is all we have time for. So if you uh, would like to sign off with one last inspirational quote, because you've been peppering them through the whole time. Right. Um, to be honest, I don't, as I said, I don't have quotes, um, but the last, the last, the in conclusion, and this is what I want to say, is that um, looking back is a powerful tool to move us forward. And instead of focusing on ambition, you want to focus on achievement. And I hope that I have provided you with seven actions that you can take today and throughout your time at the university in order to achieve. The most important thing, everyone, recognize not just your own achievements, but also recognize achievements of others and celebrate them. Thank you. For more information about the Inspire Me Lectures series, including other podcasts from the series, visit uwe.ac.uk slash study slash block hyphen zero slash inspire hyphen me.